You're listening to Guinea Pig and Green. I'm Laura. And I'm Stephanie. And we like talking about health, wellness, and eco-friendliness in a fun and approachable way. In today's episode, Steph and I are going to be talking about my experience getting an IUD. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Guinea Pig and Green. Hello, Laura. How are you doing? I'm really good. It's February already, which is insane. That is, yeah. It's, it's crazy. January is a pretty good month. Um, as a just a brief update, Laura and I checked in just before recording this episode with each other about our goals for the year, how they're going so far, and we're going to do a quarterly goal check-in um, sometime in April, but... That was fun, and it was kind of nice to have that check-in and and talk about how things are going. Overall, I'm pretty happy with 2016 so far. (laughs) Me too. I've been reading a ton. Out of um, my four intentions for the year, I think that my reading is really taking off, which is a really pleasant surprise. Yeah, it's come really easy to me this year and has not been something that I've had to force at all. Which probably has a lot to do with being essential, right? And intentional Mm -hmm. if you are prioritizing something that you want to, you know, do better at, then then it's going to happen more. Yeah, no complaints on my end. That's so great. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this episode has been kind of a process to get to. Oh, man, this episode (laughs) has been months in the making. Yeah, Uh (laughs) literally, months and months and months. I was just joking to Steph before we started recording that some force out there does not want this episode to come to fruition. I blame probably the conservatives, <laughs> Stephen Harper. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just been one thing after the other, really. Oh my gosh. Okay, so if you have a problem listening to us talk about birth control, um, <laughs> this is your for the cue. <laughs> next little while, you can shut off the podcast now. And uh, <laughs> other than that, I think both Steph and I feel really strongly about getting information out there and having an experience with something that's not talked about very often, um, especially not on the internet, Mm -hmm. available to people who have questions. Since I decided to get an IUD, I've had so many female friends like say to me like, oh, I've really been wanting to do that. Please tell me how it goes. So here I am telling you how it went. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to say as one of those female friends, I am so appreciative of you putting the information out there because like you just mentioned um the internet is actually not as reliable a place as you might think to get this kind of information especially not specific to the province that you live in or even the country that you live in um i remember i've thought about this in the past getting an iud and it's not been easy to figure out how much is it going to cost and how exactly should i go about getting it and i know there's one government page which just says go talk to your family doctor and we don't have anything more to tell you about it. (laughs) And no, we don't know how much it's going to cost. Go talk to them. Mm -hmm. But in reality, um, I mean, you didn't have to go to your family doctor at all. And and so I think that's just one example of how there is misinformation out there, or at least not misinformation, but maybe just incomplete information, which is why I'm really happy that we're we're doing this episode, finally. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about everything, the ups and the downs, about your your whole process. So I do want to say up front, I mean, so there were two major hiccups that we encountered 
uh, after recording our episode, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, initially, this is our this is take two on recording on this IUD episode, which I think is good actually. I think it's I think it's better to have sort of a more holistic overview of the whole um, the whole issue now that we've yes. gone through what we have. <laughs> I agree. So the first major hiccup is that about two months after I had my IUD inserted, it actually came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hadn't decided whether or not I wanted to go get it put back in. I had been told that if I wanted to have it put back in, they could probably just replace it for free. But I hadn't decided whether that was something I wanted to do yet. And then the second major hiccup was that um, <laughs> we actually lost half of the audio file of our <laughs> recording. How did that happen? <laughs> it was probably, no, 100% my fault, but I don't know where it went. It's never happened to me before. It's just gone. It's nowhere. Yeah. So So here we yeah. are. Take two. Um, and I, I should probably just say up, up front that I decided that um, my answer to whether or not I would have my IUD reinserted is not yet. Um, just because it was a bit of a process to get, and the fact that it came out after two months kind of deterred me. Um, I'm a little bit gun-shy, I think, getting it again just to have it happen again in another two months. I think it may have been related to my Diva Cup. Um, I had heard that using a Diva Cup could be problematic and I asked my doctor about it and she said it shouldn't be a problem, Um, but it did come out while I was using my Diva Cup. So I'm a little bit suspect and nothing in this world is gonna pry my Diva Cup out of my hands. So um, if I had to choose between the two, it's gonna be that. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up, that you said that once to me the other day. Like, if I have to choose between my Diva Cup and the IUD, I choose the Diva Cup. And, I mean, I, I really respect that decision. I think that it's a super personal decision, and I think that, you know, you went about it in a very intentional way. And I think that what, you, what you're doing is working for you, so, so I, I understand why you would be gun-shy to have this, this IUD put in again after yeah. the experience that you have. That said, I had, I mean, ex- with the exception of it coming out, I had a really great experience mm-hmm. having my IUD put in. Um, and in our first take when we recorded the episode, I had nothing but positive things to say about it. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to approach this episode in the exact same light, which is that I do think it's a really viable birth control option that we aren't told enough about. Um, I mentioned this in our sexual wellness episode that we did ages ago with the Red Tent Sisters, which is that my family doctor, when I asked her for the first time about what my birth control options were, she immediately wrote me a prescription for the pill. Mm -hmm. Like, there was no conversation about my options, um, which is part of the reason that I was really glad not to have to go through her when I decided that I wanted to get an IUD. Mm -hmm. So how did you go about getting it? Okay, um, well, we, after the encouragement of a friend of ours, who Steph and I both went to university with, um, who's currently in med school, uh, he basically gave me all of this information on why the IUD is such a great option, and it's actually what's being taught in med school as um, being one of the most effective birth control methods. Uh, There are two types of IUDs. Um, And the first is the copper IUD, which is the one that I got. And that one is about 97% effective, so about the same as condoms. And then the second is a hormonal IUD. And that one is actually more effective than getting your tubes tied. 
So when he first started showing me the numbers on them, um, that's, I think, when I got really interested in it. Mm -hmm. And I made an appointment with the Bay Center for Birth Control in Toronto. All I had to do was call the number on their website and set up an appointment. So that was really easy. And right off the bat, everybody that I spoke to was super nice and uh, made the process really easy for me. And um, I was able to come in pretty quickly for a consultation. Uh, there are a few things that they check before they give you the IUD, including uh, giving you a pap smear to make sure that you don't have any STDs that you might not know about. Um, and they asked a bunch of questions to see if you're a good candidate for it. Uh, I know that this might seem a little bit backwards, but it does seem like they prefer people who are in monogamous relationships mm -hmm. for the IUD. And I, I think that's because of the whole, like, they think that if you're not in a monogamous relationship, you're going to be super promiscuous and get an STD and ruin everything. <laughs> which is unfair. <laughs> which is totally, yeah, which is totally backwards. But for whatever reason, I was, <laughs> um, apparently I'm a very good candidate for the uh, IUD. I think also a big factor is that um, for the copper IUD, which I got, um, one of the side effects is increased cramping when you're on your periods and a heavier flow. So part of the reason I'm a good candidate is because I don't have much cramping and I have a pretty light flow relatively. Um, if you already have like a really terrible time on your period, they probably wouldn't recommend the copper IUD for you because mm -hmm. it's going to make things that much worse. Um, but yeah, so basically I came back a month later when I was on my period and that's when they, they choose to do the insertion is when you're on your period. Um, your cervix sits a little bit wider so it's easy to insert uh, the little copper T into your uterus and that's where it lives forever. No, for five <laughs> years. <laughs> I have one question. Did they ask you about what birth control methods you were using at the time? I guess what I'm getting at is were they mm -hmm. interested in knowing if you were currently on the pill and would that have affected your candidacy in any way? Oh man, I don't remember if they asked me if I was on the pill. Because you weren't, I'm right? sure, I'm sure, I'm, I wasn't. I'm sure that they did. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually don't think that if you were to get the copper IUD that there would be any reason not to use the pill and the IUD. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, my per my yeah, my personal reason is that I, I'm so not a fan of hormones. Right. Um, and yeah, so we were using condoms and um, that was, that's perfect for them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So going through the Bay Center for Birth Control, an IUD, a copper IUD that would last me five years cost $50, which is so affordable. That is, I think for me, that's probably one of the biggest, and that include the included the whole appointments and insertion, right? Yes, there were no other costs to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there were costs to the Ontario healthcare system, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but the $50 was all I spent and everyone was so lovely and that included, yeah, the initial um, like consultation, the insertion, and then they have you come back four weeks later just so that they can make sure that everything is still in place. Right. Um, because the time that it's that that it's most likely to come out is in the four weeks after you have it inserted. Mm -hmm. So you just have another checkup to make sure that everything's in place, which I cleared. Everything was supposedly in place. Until it wasn't. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, th 
I had a really great experience with the process. Yeah. The insertion I read online is supposed to be hell, and it was okay. I'm glad I had somebody there to hold my hand, but it was okay. It lasted just a matter of minutes, and deep breathing was really all I needed to get through it, and it was fine. I could... I had planned, like, a full day of just watching Netflix and eating junk food, and I walked out of there and felt like nothing, like nothing had been done to me. Like it was after the insertion, it was totally fine. So let's talk a bit more about that. I know, I mean, personally, I feel very squeamish talking about this just because for me, this is one of those things that I feel very viscerally. Um, Yeah, you like hate the word cervix. uh, I don't know why it kind of, I don't know, it makes me uncomfortable. Anyway, so, but this has been a huge factor for me in thinking about getting an IED is that I've heard that the insertion process is very painful because they have to manually open your cervix. Okay, I'm getting the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in order to insert the, insert the IED. So what I've heard is that it can be incredibly painful and yes, it only lasts a minute or two, but it, that is sort of one of the only downsides I've heard about for the IUD. And I was interested that you didn't have a similar experience, but I would like you to share with our listeners what you told me about what the sensations were really like, because I remember feeling kind of relieved when you shared that with me. Yeah, so I think going into it, I I didn't know what this pain was supposed to feel like. And my doctor, before uh, doing the insertion, described it so accurately accurately to me in retrospect and she said this is going to feel like very intense cramps and that's exactly what it was it felt like very acute period cramps Mm. um which is like as any woman who's had period cramps can tell you it's like a very specific feeling it's not like just general pain down there I think I was kind of concerned it would feel more like pinching yeah um but it wasn't like that at all it felt like um acute period cramps during the insertion, and then it was over. Yay! (laughs) That is kind of a relief. And did you take any pain medication? Because I've heard they recommend you to take it before the procedure. Yes, I did. Uh, I am actually somebody who never takes medicine unless I am, like, expressly told to. Um, And they did tell me ahead of time to take um, an Advil just to numb it or whatever um so I did as I was told because I was a little nervous about the pain Mm -hmm. um and I had a good experience so I can't say like oh I was glad I did or I wish I'd taken more it was actually like I felt like it was perfectly fine and I don't know if that was because I took a painkiller before or not right um but yes I I did for mine okay so let's talk a little bit about what you think the sort of positives of getting an IUD are just to lay the groundwork and then what sort of some of the downsides are, which Mm -hmm. I don't think there are really that many downsides except for the fact that it could come out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so the down, the the downsides is that it does cause increased cramping. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the first few months, at least it is meant to cause heavier bleeding. Um, and that's definitely something that I experienced uh, almost right away mm-hmm. was was increased cramping um, and and a heavier flow. Also, in the first 
month, they didn't want me using, um, they don't want you to use like a tampon or a diva cup or anything. So you're actually told to use pads when you're on your period. And that to me was like worse <laughs> than anything else in the, <laughs> in the process. Uh, <laughs> it felt so debil- debilitating to have to wear pads. <laughs> I, should... I remember you telling me that you're like, before your IUD came out and we recorded the episode for the first time, you were like the worst part of this whole experience and I'm including the pain of the procedure, the insertion, <laughs> is of having to go to the store, buy pads, and wear them during my period. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> I think it just brought me back, right back to, like, you know, when you're in that first couple of years of your period and everything sucks because yeah. you haven't figured out how to live with it yet. Yeah. Like, that's what it felt like. Oh. For, <laughs> it was just, yeah, so um, that was the worst part for me. So, ladies, take that into consideration if you're planning on getting that idea. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, in like, is it really that bad when you're when you consider that it could protect you from having a baby for the next five years? No, <laughs> um, and the cramps and the bleeding are supposed to me- mellow out after the first couple months. Um, the positives are that it, like I mentioned before, it's a really highly effective method of birth control. Um, you can't forget about it the same way you can forget to take a pill or misuse a condom. It's set in there and, um, and it protects you whether like there's, it takes out an element of human error, um, which is, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's a really important one to mention because all the statistics you hear about other forms of birth control, including the birth control pill, which is so effective um, on paper but the the rate that you hear about is with perfect use and so perfect use means always taking the pill at the exact same time every single day never forgetting a day never doubling up on a day because you forgot Um, and with condoms Mm -hmm. it would be very similar like making sure you have the condom on right from the start of your um, sexual interaction and making sure that you take it off and being very careful when you do so and all sorts of other things how you store the condoms so perfect use is not always a good representation of what the efficacy rate is actually going to be for you. And I think that yeah. that is huge to think about that when you say um, 97% effective for the IUD, that might sound a little bit like, uh-oh, that's 3%. We're not used to hearing about you know whole 3% that it might happen. But in reality, that is what we're dealing with is probably 3 mm-hmm. 4 5% chance because the reality is that most of us don't have perfect use statistics we have regular human error statistics like you mentioned so the fact that the IUD is just there in there doing its thing 24 7 and you never have to worry about it is I think for me huge I think that's part of the reason the IUD is so attractive as an option double up Mm -hmm. use a condom if you're ovulating or if you think that you're in some sort of fertile window, use a condom um, and just have your IUD there as a backup peace of mind. Yeah. I think that's worth mentioning too. I think that's something we talked about briefly in the episode that you mentioned with the Red Tent Sisters, but that's something that they really emphasize is you cannot get pregnant 
the whole month. Um, and it's worth knowing a general window of when you could be ovulating, no matter what form of birth control you're using. So you can be a bit more careful because in reality, there's only going to be a four to five day period where you can actually get pregnant. And knowing that, even just a ballpark estimation of that, which is better than most of us have normally, mm-hmm. um, can be a huge help. And I think, um, so I use a period tracker. It's called Clue. It's really easy to use. It's pretty and nice, but there's so many. And it gives you a rough estimate. And no, it's not perfect. It's not as perfect as like taking your temperature um, to figure out what day you're ovulating. It's not as perfect as all the other forms um, of practices that you can do to ensure you know when you're ovulating. But at least it gives you that window and helps you be a bit more careful. And I think that that is totally worth mentioning. No matter what form of birth control you're using, it's good to know <laughs> when when good to know your body. Yeah, and when you might actually be um, either at risk if you don't want to get pregnant, or you know, in in your prime to get pregnant. It's just yeah. such helpful information. So yeah, I I would also say that there are um, a lot of the benefits of the copper IUD you could contrast to any method of hormonal birth control, which Mm. is you're not seeing an effect on your hormones, which is great. And it's also, it doesn't disrupt your ovulation. So in the same way that a lot of women um, I've read experience difficulty getting pregnant once they stop taking the pill because um, their body hasn't been ovulating on its own and they still have, you know, some of the hormones in their system from the pill. When you decide that you are ready to get pregnant, you can take your IUD out and it hasn't affected your system in the same way. Um, The way it works, the way it works, I'm not, I'm not a scientist, but um, (laughs) the copper, the copper in your system creates a hostile environment for sperm. So it actually makes sperm um, really slow and ineffective and doesn't let sperm do its job Mm -hmm. is... (laughs) <laughs> yeah is like the is the very simple way of describing how it works yeah yeah no I think um the IUD has a lot of benefits I think we talked about um the cost is huge the fact that it lasts for so long at such a reasonable you know cost <laughs> per year mm-hmm. um that's something that almost any woman could afford which I think is is really important And I do like that you mentioned that you can contrast it with any hormonal form of birth control because, um, and we keep mentioning the Red Tent Sisters, they have a wonderful guide called Five Fabulous Reasons to Ditch the Pill, which you sent to me, Laura, and was the impetus for both of us going off of hormonal birth control. They have a lot of really awesome information in there, including how all those hormones can affect the planet, which it wasn't something that I had thought about. And of course, how they're affecting our own bodies. And I think that that's something we don't think enough about. And I'm not hating on the pill Mm. here because I think it can be a really helpful tool for a lot of women. And I think in some cases it's very necessary, but if you have that kind of leeway in any, in any way, or you're interested in exploring other options, definitely check out that book. We'll include a link in the show notes. And, and yeah, just give it a thought because there are other options that, like you said, we're not often told about. We don't know they exist and, um, and there's more than we think. So I think it is Mm -hmm. worth investigating whether or not the IUD is right for you. There might be another option that is. 
Yeah. I did want to take a minute as well to talk about the strings Mm. because I know that that was a question that you had in our first episode. Um, So for those of you who don't know, what the IUD looks like essentially is this copper T that sits in your uterus and they have these strings that are a fun green color um, that (laughs) hang down. Yeah, so they hang down um, into your... Like, I guess that would be called, like, your vaginal canal? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Um, so past your cervix and they come out. And basically it's when they're ready to remove your IUD, um, they're able to pull it out using the strings. Um, so the strings, eventually what they're supposed to do, they're like a very, very thin fishing wire, almost, mm-hmm. uh, kind of texture. They're not porous in any way. Uh, the IUD had a bad rap years ago for worsening the symptoms of STDs because uh, back in the day the IUD strings used to be porous and used to I guess like facilitate the spread of STDs whereas now they don't because um, they've they've updated the material that they use right. the strings hang down um, and pretty quickly all the like nice lovely mucus that you have in there kind of has the strings curl up to the side. Sometimes they wrap around your cervix um, and are completely out of the way of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you had expressed concern about like your partner being able to feel the strings. Based on a story that Kim Sedgwick of the Red Ten Sisters yeah. had told with her IUD um, that they cut her strings too short and mm-hmm. They didn't curl up, and so her partner could actually feel it on the head of his penis when they were having intercourse, which she said was highly uncomfortable. <laughs> so yeah. I wasn't I wasn't really concerned because I think that was probably error on the part of whichever doctor she yeah. had used. But I wondered. And if they that redid was it. For, they redid it for her, right? Did I think so. It? Yeah, I'm not totally okay. sure. Um, in my case, I couldn't even find the strings myself. (laughs) (laughs) I tried, I went in looking and like could not find them. Um, (laughs) so, um, like I didn't even see them or like know what they were like until, until my IUD came out. So, um, that wasn't a, that wasn't a problem for me. Mm -hmm. Which is good to know as well. Mm -hmm. Well, Laura, I want to thank you again for sharing all of this information with me um, previously, (laughs) twice before, Um, (laughs) and with our audience. I really do think that, um, I mean, at least if you're a woman who lives in Ontario, now you have a little bit more information (laughs) about our province and what the process is like and hopefully what it's like in other provinces as well. Since this is something that we can't, you know, find all the information on when we need it. So... For anyone in Toronto, the Bay Center for Birth Control was incredible to work with, mm-hmm. and so I highly recommend going through them. $50 for five years, copper IUD, um, is a fantastic option for birth control, and I just want this information to be out there in case anybody is looking for it, because I had so much trouble finding this information when I was looking for it, mm-hmm. so ask me anything. Yeah, if you want to ask any questions that we didn't cover in the episode, um, it could be that we've talked about it so many times we forgot something important. So if that's the case, then leave us a comment on our blog, guineapigandgreen.com, or you can give it to us on Twitter, at greenguineapigs, on Instagram, at greenguineapigs. We would just love to hear from you in any way that you want to contact.
contact us. And if you want to subscribe to us on iTunes, um, that would be awesome. You can leave us a rating or a comment over there and it will help get our show out to more like-minded people. Thanks again and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, guys.